2011, ASN joined the ABIM Foundation, eight other leading national medical specialty societies, and Consumer Reports to launch the Choosing Wisely campaign. This campaign will help physicians, patients, and other healthcare professionals address overuse of healthcare resources in the United States. In this episode of the ASN Kidney News Podcast, ASN President Ronald Falk, MD, discusses the campaign with Amy Williams, MD, chair of the ASN Quality and Patient Safety Task Force, which was responsible for managing ASN's participation in the Choosing Wisely campaign. Hello, this is Ron Falk for the American Society of Nephrology, and with me today is Dr. Amy Williams from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, where she wears a number of hats from being medical director of a dialysis unit to being in the administration of the Department of Medicine, but primarily being a practicing nephrologist. So, Amy, welcome to this podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be talking to you about a very exciting subject. The American Society of Nephrology has a patient safety task force of which you are the chair, and one of the first things that your task force accomplished was to respond to the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation's Choosing Wisely campaign. What is that campaign? It's an incredibly timely campaign and a very important campaign for anybody who takes care of patients. We all know from data from the Congressional Budget Office that up to 30% of care delivered in the U.S. goes toward probably unnecessary tests, procedures, doctor visits, etc., that may not lead to improved patient health and outcomes, and in some cases could actually harm the patient, the patient and unnecessarily increase the cost of care. So with these current trends, the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation really wants to help physicians and patients choose care that's supported by evidence, that's not duplicative of other tests or procedures and won't harm them and that are truly necessary. So by decreasing unnecessary or potentially harmful testing procedures or care, it will not only improve patient safety, but decrease unnecessary healthcare spending. That is... Do you really think that 30% of all tests are unnecessary? Do you think those data are accurate? I do think they're accurate. I do. There are many initiatives now trying to educate providers and patients. Very important to have that partnership, but to educate everyone to know what do they really need, what tests are not necessary, even though you might read about these great tests in magazines and, and see them in the media, they may not help at all and, in fact, may lead to further testing to find out that the abnormality on the first test really meant nothing and doesn't translate at all into improving health care. So I do think it's at least 30%. It might be more. It might be more. That implies that the patient, to a certain extent, is in control of the tests that are ordered. In your environment at Mayo, how often are patients asked which tests are ordered? Or is this really an effort to have providers order less tests? It's both. Any decisions that are made around a patient's care should involve the shared decision-making with the patient and the provider in the room. 
So every single test that's ordered, there should be a discussion with the patient, why do you need these tests? Do you think your institution is going to really promote that activity since most hospital systems make substantial portions of their income on the basis of the tests that physicians order? Yes, I do. I do. And I think we all need to do it for the future. It is a schizophrenic process right now or system in place for reimbursement. That's part of the problem. We're reimbursed for the intensity of services that we provide the patient instead of being reimbursed for the outcome or the value of the care provided to the patient. As we move forward with redesigning how healthcare is delivered in order to deliver more valued healthcare, we're going to see this paradigm change. And that's part of the ACO model, more coordinated care, less falling through the cracks, less getting the same test over and over again as you go to different institutions or different providers. It's also part of the patient-centered medical home. So these new models fit very well with the goal of this, the ABIM Foundation's Choosing Wisely campaign. And I'm hoping that the campaign will actually educate the new models and give them guidance as to what tests not to order or what procedures not to do, what medications to avoid in certain patient populations. So it will help them improve their patient outcomes. Why now? Why did the ABIM Foundation begin this Choosing Wisely campaign at at this point in time? Because everything is changing. Everything is changing. In order to prevent the healthcare spending to reach $4.3 trillion by 2019, we have to change things. I also believe that patients expect their care to be safe and appropriate. They don't want extra testing if it doesn't need to happen. They don't want extra medications. Plus, as I mentioned, as we move to these new models of care, we can help guide them through this campaign. So the timing is absolutely perfect. The task force, your task force, was asked to develop a list of five items that were then joined with other medical societies that similarly came up with five items. How did the task force go about developing a list of of items that you thought, you as a task force thought, were things that were going to be harmful to uh, patients who have kidney disease? That's a great question, and I love answering it because this task force was so dynamic and the individual so committed that it was a lot of fun, and we did this very, very quickly. First, let me back up, though, and talk about the task force a bit. This is the ASN's task force for quality and patient safety. The representatives on the task force include you as president of the ASN, but also members of each of the 10 ASN advisory groups that focus on specific areas of nephrology. And these members, their job on the task force is to bring concerns from the different advisory groups, patient safety and quality concerns, to the advisory group so that we can act on them and help educate everybody 
about these concerns. So the members came to the task force ready to work. We educated them about the ABIM Foundation's Choosing Wisely campaign. They then went immediately back to their advisory group, explained the goals and the structure of the campaign, and asked each advisory group to submit ideas of tests and procedures that should be reconsidered or stopped altogether within their specific areas of expertise. We came up initially with 100 ideas that were submitted, we vetted them, we talked about them, and we were able to narrow them down. And each advisory group representative then said, these are the three to five items that are very important and that impact a large number of individuals. We then discussed these, narrowed them down to 20 that we thought were the most influential, then we voted on them to consider which would be the most important items. We came up with six clear top contenders that at least 50% of the task force members voted on. And that's how we came up with our, our eventual five items. The five areas that made it to the top were, number one, to not perform routine cancer screening for dialysis patients that have limited life expectancies unless they have signs or symptoms of a certain cancer or disease. The second is to not administer the erythropoiesis stimulating agents to individuals with chronic kidney disease if their hemoglobins are 10 grams per deciliter unless they have significant symptoms of anemia. The third, avoid non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs in individuals with hypertension, heart failure, or chronic kidney disease of all causes, including especially diabetes. The fourth is to not place peripherally inserted central catheters in stage three to five chronic kidney disease patients without consulting nephrology. And the fifth was the decision regarding initiating dialysis should be part of an individualized shared decision-making process. Those were the top five, and we're very proud of those top five. In your opinion, which of these do you think will cause most controversy? Well, I believe that the screening test, asking individuals or providers to not perform routine screening, cancer screening for dialysis patients with limited life expectancies will cause a lot of controversy. One is the entire medical community is held to certain quality standards. And some of these metrics have to do with screening metrics. In Minnesota, we have this in our state where we are expected to hit a certain percentage of individuals that have appropriate cancer screening. Unfortunately, the appropriateness is based on the general population and not individuals with complicated chronic diseases like end-stage renal disease on dialysis. So that will cause a bit of concern for medical groups that are being held to these metrics, especially as we move into paid-for-performance types of reimbursement systems in the future. The recommendation that what are called pick lines 
lines primarily used for antibiotic care should not be used in patients with stage 3 kidney disease seems like it may be a pretty hard uh, target to meet. Uh, there are lots of examples where nephrologists are never even consulted with stage 3, let alone stage 4 kidney disease. How would one possibly enforce that kind of recommendation? Very good question. It's not going to be easy, but like any other safety initiative, there has to be a standardized process that's defined, and then everyone needs to be educated in the process, and it needs to be part of the workflow. When you first read it, you think, whoa, the PICC lines are used all the time. They save the patient needing to be stuck with uh, peripheral IVs. They're much more convenient. But initially, these PICC lines were used for those individuals who did not have peripheral IV access. Now they're being used in many instances as the first line. But we know that individuals with PICC lines, there are significant complications to their vasculature and their peripheral vasculature. That is their lifeline once they're on dialysis. So initially, this will be thought of as, oh, an extra step, but we need to build in the process that fits into the workflow where nephrologists, when appropriate, somebody who has chronic kidney disease, that the nephrologist is contacted to review the case quickly or have a discussion with the provider that wants to order the PICC line to be placed to make sure that we don't do these patients a disservice. There are newer types of lines that we know do not cause as much trouble or scarring in the peripheral vasculature or the central vessels, and that's where we should be moving in the future. What happens to these recommendations now that, now that they have been approved by ASN Council? What happens next? Do these five recommendations go and become amalgamated with those from other societies? Does the ABIM Foundation promulgate that to CMS or to other governing bodies? What's the next step here? We have already submitted these to the ABIM Foundation. They looked at them, asked some questions. We clarified their questions. They have been resubmitted and accepted. In April, there will be a large kickoff and the ABIM will announce the Choosing Wisely campaign. They have a number of educational tactics that are set up to get the word out, a media blitz, hard copy educational materials, online educational materials, media education materials, so that they it really is going to be a media blitz. There will be interviews in Washington of the different societies, there will be interviews in the spring for each of the representatives from the different societies who participated so that they have an opportunity to describe exactly what their intent is with their five recommendations. It'll be very exciting. I think it's going to shake up the medical community a bit. It will make them very aware of specific safety concerns. If I were in practice, I would be wondering, is a consequence of this Choosing Wisely campaign going to be a strategy whereby there will not be reimbursement for the kinds of tests or procedures that have been 
chosen. So, for example, if I want to screen a person on dialysis for a particular cancer of some kind or another, and I want, I think for that individual, the screening is very important. But because of the Choosing Wisely campaign, now I'm no longer able to do so, or I can only order the test after much haranguing of a medical director from an insurance company or from the Medicare intermediary, will the consequence of all of these should-not-dos make a practicing nephrologist's life more difficult? That is a potential consequence. It's already happening in many cases, even though we don't have good evidence-based information to make those decisions. But I would see it a different way in that if overall we are decreasing the number of unnecessary tests, decreasing harm to patients, if you look at it financially, we will be saving a lot of money and improving outcomes. If you need to do a test, you should be able to justify it, and this will help guide how you will justify it. An example would be a patient on dialysis who all of a sudden has symptoms of colon cancer, of lung cancer. Then, yes, it would be appropriate based on these guidelines for you to go ahead and evaluate for that. But you shouldn't evaluate for it if the patient's lifespan without the cancer is less or unchanged if they have the cancer. It makes you rethink about what you're doing. The best part of this whole process seems that at least physicians are involved in the process of thinking about which tests should or tests or procedures should or should not be done rather than having these tests or procedures defined by others who are not as near and close to the issues as the members of this ASN task force. Absolutely. That's a very good point. And the other subspecialties that are involved, again, they're the doctors who are right there taking care of these patients and understand the evidence-based recommendations and consensus. The ASN Patient Safety Task Force is going to now be moving into other areas. Can you briefly tell us what those areas may be? Certainly. One of our charges is to raise awareness of quality and patient safety issues. So we definitely need to stay connected with and solicit feedback from ASN's 10 advisory groups regarding very specific patient safety issues that these advisory groups feel are very concerning. And that will be our next step. One of the issues that we know is of concern is the use of non-steroidals in individuals with hypertension and heart failure and chronic kidney disease. We need to develop tactics to get information to providers of how should you be using these medications? How can you communicate to patients and providers how to use these medications safely, such as a a position paper? The other thing that we need to do is to develop tools for practicing nephrologists and nephrology teams so that they can actually integrate quality tools into their quality improvement projects. How do you do them? Making sure that they understand how to do them. How do you follow it? 
How do you follow these projects? We also want to encourage individuals to include patients and their families as members of the nephrology team. And how do you educate patients and their families to understand their roles in promoting safety and quality in the community of the dialysis unit, of the chronic kidney disease clinics, et cetera. So these are some of the next steps that we will be moving toward in the next couple of months. So in sum, the ASN Patient Safety Task Force took on the question for the ABIM Foundation Choosing Wisely campaign and came up with five very important areas germane to nephrology practice that hopefully would be adopted by the practicing community at large that would result in improved outcome for patients uh, suffering with kidney conditions, resulting in better lives for those patients and presumably less cost to the system. Amy, do you have other last-minute thoughts? You summed it up very well. I do want to tell you that you'll be hearing more from the task force. There were many, many other fantastic ideas that came forward and concerns, safety concerns, quality concerns from the different advisory groups, and we will be looking at those that didn't make the top five but are worthy of us pushing forward and helping nephrologists deliver safer care. So you'll be hearing much more from the Quality and Patient Safety Task Force in the future. Amy Williams, thank you so much for this conversation and for what you're doing for patient safety at the ASN. This is Ron Falk for the American Society of Nephrology. Thanks for listening. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology. All rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. The information in this podcast should not be used during a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified health care provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.